The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Girls Talk, Boys Talk. I am your host, Kelsey Charles, joined by an incredible cast today, Haley Sutton and Jess Navarez. Just a reminder for you guys, before we really dive in, we are brought to you by the official dating partners of the Dallas Cowboys, which is Jigsaw. I probably, I mean, I, I feel like, have you guys gotten on it yet? Because I want to see like the whole, like when your face starts to, div- <laughs> am I asking you an awkward question? No, have you no, missed no. me in the awkward question? No, no, no. <laughs> Say um, yes. I, I have gotten on it. I have gotten on it. Um, that's all I'll say. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I am locked up. Yeah. So I have can. no reason. So, but I would give it a try if I wasn't, but. I love it. Yeah. No, I, I've gotten on it. It's it's fun. It's a really interesting concept, though. I think Because it's cool. the more you message, the more it uncovers yeah. the face. I think it's fun. It's definitely fun. But you know what? To be honest, I just, I don't have time. I don't have time for all that right now. <laughs> sorry, sorry we have a, we are in the thick of the season. There's just so much to talk about. And uh, it's all good stuff. All good stuff. Into but, the thick of it. You're yep. right. So let's dive in, if you guys don't mind, because. Listen, um, you know, the Cowboys are facing the Chicago Bears. There's trade deadlines looming. There's a lot of storylines going on, and I want to make sure that we are discussing all of the things. So I thought we would dive in first and discuss the trade deadlines because the Bears actually did make a move with a familiar face. Robert Quinn was traded for a fourth-round pick over to the Philadelphia Eagles. Darn you, Howie Roseman. <laughs> like, I, it's just, it's very difficult for me to make fun of your team when you start making more smart moves, okay? Uh, I, I listen, guys. I mean, if they haven't cemented themselves as one of the front runners in the NFC, not only in the NFC, but also I would just go as far as to say the league, I think they are really putting all their eggs in the basket this season and they're only strengthening what they've been able to bring to the table. I mean, th- that pass rush, it's going to give them a lot of versatility. Yeah. And to me, that's pretty scary. So, you know, what are you, what are you guys hearing? What are your thoughts? Is that something? I think this team has been preparing to be facing the former, you know, temporary Cowboy. He was only here for a hot minute, but I know he made quite the impact. Now they don't have to face him at least this weekend, but they will yeah. have to face him in December. Yeah, I think the Eagles, their strong point has been strengthening up. Strengthening up. It has been a day. Uh, <laughs> their team, really, this entire time, and I'm not even talking during this offseason, I think they have been becoming stronger and stronger, specifically these last two years. I think, uh, you know, as, as Cowboys fans and your Cowboys side of uh, your Cowboys fan side of your brain, you, you don't want to see that. You don't want to admit it. But the Eagles have been good for a minute. And I think, um, you know, there's a lot of talk of, are they really a threat? I think so, and I think what makes them even more of a threat is they have an easy schedule. And I think looking ahead, that is the scariest part of this is, yes, they are already a great team, but they have an easy and very winnable schedule for the team that they have built around uh, Jalen Hurts specifically. So I I think that when you're looking at the long-term effect of this, and y'all know I love me some long-term thinking here, (laughs) when you're looking at the long-term effect of it, it is scary when you're talking about, uh, yeah, adding another threat to that team that is still undefeated. We are uh, now going to be seven weeks in. They're 6-0. and That is definitely scary. They're one of the bigger threats in the NFC just in general. But then, of course, you know, leading the NFC East, you talk playoff contention, you talk all of that. It, It is scary. 
Yeah, I just think that uh, Rokon Smith's interview kind of said it all yesterday whenever he found out uh, in the middle of his interview uh, yeah. that Quinn was leaving. So when you talk about a guy who makes an impact, not just on, uh, you know, the the player side of things, but just from an emotional standpoint, too, it really speaks volumes to the type of player he is and the rich getting richer with the Eagles. I mean, a three-time Pro Bowl defensive end. He broke the Bears single-season sack record with 18 and a half in 2021. So the stats are off the record um, for Robert Quinn, and it's kind of frustrating that he went to the Eagles. Mike McCarthy kind of echoed that same sentiment earlier today in his press conference. He said, well, I was so excited for us to find out that we wouldn't have to be facing Robert <laughs> Quinn on Sunday, only then to find out that he's going to the Eagles, so yeah. we'll still have to see him later. So I thought that was really good insight, but... Just really a guy who's going to be a difference maker on a team that's already full of difference makers. So you obviously have to keep that spotlight on the Eagles when it comes to facing them in a couple of weeks. But right now, I think the challenge for the Cowboys is just focusing on the Bears that's coming up, which I know we'll break down a little bit. Yeah. And so I think for me, um, I do want to talk more about the trade deadlines a little bit briefly because the Cowboys did make a move. Jonathan Hankins, um, defensive tackle coming from the Raiders. I think that's going to be an important addition to this team. You know, while that is a thumbs up, I think, in a lot of people's minds, um, and we can talk about the impact, especially the timing. I mean, we'll go ahead and do it, quite honestly. I think that's a good move on this team's part because, you know, we talk a lot about this run defense and the need for the help to you know stop up the middle. He's one of those guys that he's been playing. He is going to be fresh legs for us, but also he is going to help with that run defense, which I think is so important, especially with the timing of going and facing a team that has – really reverted to leaning on the run, not just with the double the, the double edged sword in the backfield, but also with their quarterback too and Justin Fields. I mean he was a leading rusher last week and, and to me, uh yeah, you're gonna need all the reinforcements that you can get. What are you hearing, Haley, in terms of, you know, the locker room and, and some of the reactions around the building with the signing? I think that he has been a really good addition. Um, Mike McCarthy talked about you can never have too many big men in the room. And when you see him in person, he is a very large human. I think we equated him yesterday to the Jason Peters of the defense. But when you bring in a guy who has the experience that he has 10 years in the NFL, five years with the Raiders, I think his first four was with the Giants uh, initially. So he knows the division well. He knows kind of how to work into a lineup. So from a getting on getting with the program, sort so to speak. Um, I think he brings a lot of value. I think the guys are really excited to have him in there as well, just to have another leader on that side of the ball. Again, equating it back to Jason Peters, Jason's most valuable asset this season has been that experience that he brings. And so you bring in a guy who can not only get the job done, but can also lead from that perspective. I think it's going to be a huge benefit to taking on a run pass option the way the Bears have played with Justin Fields. So I think it just shores up. It kind of, to me, is like, a band-aid, if you will, just to kind of put everything together. Yeah, and I think, you know, anytime you can get a guy that can not only talk the talk but walk the walk, that's important. And I think especially when you're talking in terms of adding even more depth to this defense, it makes them scarier. I mean, the biggest the biggest threat that the Cowboys defense does give offenses is the versatility and, and their ability to mentally confuse these offenses to what is going on because you have so many versatile guys. You have Micah Parsons, who you don't know where that guy's going to go right so anytime you can add the versatility within this defense it just makes them even more of a threat than they already are so I and Haley knows I'm I'm big on this whole leadership in the locker room thing I'm very big on you know watching mentors become mentors within this locker room and um, you know 
it's such a young group of guys. I think anytime you have a moment to make them coachable and, and whether that comes from a coach or whether that comes from a veteran player and, and a leader, do it. I think they can only learn more. And, and what I really enjoy about this younger group here is they always do want to learn more. They are constantly absorbing from each other, from their coaches. Um, it's just part of the culture here. And so I think he's going to fit right in. I am all for giving Dan Quinn any and all additional weapons. I feel like he's one of those guys that he can take a talent that, you know, may not be this flashy player, but he knows how to bring out the best in them. You know, you've got guys who who resurrected their careers under him just mm-hmm. last year, right? And and he brought a different element to the table. I think he's so smart as a coach. And so, you know, while it may not be the sexiest move, I do feel like it's going to be impactful and it'll actually be a pretty immediate impact. I do want to ask before we move on to, you know, practice report and the, the, the tools that we'll be working with this weekend when this, this Cowboys team faces the Bears. In terms of movement before the trade deadline, you know, I know, Haley, you have been following the team for a minute and you know, this is your first year covering them, but I know it's they're always kind of top of mind. I think the Cowboys in general, when it comes to free agency and maybe not in the best way. And you, you know, being a lifelong fan, <laughs> I, I look at these teams that are making some moves, you know, We'll let's just talk about the Eagles right now, salt in the wound. And you see their GMs being aggressive. Let's just call it what it is, right? And they I thought are, you said they're DMs. Yeah, I was like, who's, and I was I was like, like who's sending them DMs? Y'all stop. <laughs> aggressive DMs. I was like, I'm like, okay. I was like, y'all just download yeah, Jigsaw. Know, it's fine. Too about aggressive DMs. <laughs> no, but I feel like, are, do you at all feel like this Cowboys team, you know, is not doing enough? Like maybe they're not putting themselves in a position to give their coaching staff or give their team the fighting chance that maybe they deserve. Like, I think wide receiver is an area that a lot of people have been talking about that could use some help. Like, yes, everyone is excited that Noah Brown has been able to step up and be as good as he has been, right? Was that necessarily expected? Not at least externally, but even so, like Noah Brown being good and Michael Gallup, you know, stepping into the role that he's stepping into. I look at like a CD lamb and again, he is good. I don't think that he brings that super incredible freak dynamic aspect to an offense that terrifies other defenses. And because of that, you know, I can't help but think about maybe they should be more serious about looking at obtaining someone to help in that wide receiver role before the trade deadline deadline hits. Like, or am I crazy? I think, well, we talked a little bit about it yesterday. It's really challenging to gauge where this offense is because they've missed their play caller for five weeks, six weeks, whatever it's been. So when you talk about evaluating the way these wide receivers have played, the theme this year is resiliency, and I think that they've done just that. They haven't really had an opportunity to show what they can do with their quarterback because their quarterback is just coming back. And so it's really difficult to determine, okay, are my wide receivers not producing because of the circumstances that we've been dealt, or are my wide receivers not producing the way I want them to simply because – they're, they're not there yet. And so the challenge that I'm glad I'm not a part of the front office for in this <laughs> is trying to make that decision before that deadline next week, right? Because I think you'll what, what Sunday represents is that not quite an audition, but just, you know, that, that final look before you say, okay, look, like the – the equation that we have right now is it's just it's not working. We're right. going to have to add something else. I'm sure this is something where they're having conversations where, you know, they're not going to sure. be out of the loop in that regard. But you have to give the offense an opportunity to be the Cowboys offense. And we just haven't had a chance to see that. There were glimpses of it with Dak coming back last Sunday against the Lions. But 
even still, he talked about it. He was rusty. He was making decisions he wouldn't normally make because he just wasn't there yet. So I think as tough as it is, you have to give them an opportunity on Sunday to show up and show out. And then when they don't meet expectations, if they don't meet expectations, that's when you kind of go to the drawing board and say, okay, look, we gave it a try. Let's bring someone else in. We need a catalyst. Yeah, and I think with that, too, I, I agree completely. I think it is it is difficult. This team is in a very unique position having lost Dak when they did and then having him return now right before that trade deadline because this would be a very different conversation if Dak was in the entirety of the season so far and uh, you you – essentially get to see what you're working with a little bit more, but because you haven't had your starting quarterback, which we've talked about this, it's just, it's going to look very different than, than it did with Cooper rush. People are going to play differently than they did with Cooper rush. And, um, y- you know, I think it's very difficult to, like you said, Haley gauge where the offense is as a whole right now. And, uh, that just comes from not having your starting quarterback in for this, this amount of time. Oh my goodness. I'm struggling today, everybody. <laughs> um, but I, I also think, if they want to stick with the mentality of the younger guys stepping up and taking advantage of the opportunities, you stick with that. I think you you can't have your cake and eat it too. I think that's something that's been echoed even since training camp started. Was uh, you know all the coaches saying, "Hey, we have all these young guys. They need to step up. They need to grab their opportunities when you take them." That next man up mentality. So I think if that's what you're sticking with, then you stick with it. But of course, like we talked about yesterday, if there is a weapon, uh, offensive weapon ready that makes sense and it would just add value and you can do it sure but again that's if that's right. if that's an option and and if it's not then you really rely on these younger guys to step up show you who they are show you what this team is going to look like not just for the rest of the season but really for the rest of the entirety of their career as a Dallas Cowboy well let's briefly talk about the guys that are in the building that will be hopefully um, making an impact come this weekend Practice report, there are some changes, and I think there are some th- some things that are worth highlighting. I think you know, taking Dak officially off is great. Everyone loves that. Good news. A few changes that I personally made me, um, you know, I don't know, I, they were a little eye-opening. Mike Parsons was officially limited with a shoulder. He was listed today for the first time this week on the injury report. You know, going into a Thursday, I don't love seeing that so late in the week. But again, that being Micah Parsons, I'm not sure I'm as concerned because I'm pretty sure the man could have like half of an arm like dangling off of him and he'd be like, I'm playing like <laughs> DQ, like I need more reps. Put the lion in a cage. Literally. So there's that. And there's Sam Williams, again, another guy on the defensive side of the ball that did not play at all. I mean, what are you he- hearing, Haley, in terms of, of those two guys? And, and we should honestly talk about Ezekiel Elliott, too, because he wasn't even playing yesterday. He was on the cords today, which we all know this point being on the cords is a move in the right direction but is it worth him getting on the field this weekend against a team like this when you know we probably still this organization could be thinking about the long-term longevity if you will yeah I think Sam Williams was a surprise to me I didn't recognize that he wasn't out there until the practice report came out about an hour ago so it's certainly something that we will I'm sure dive in first thing when we hear from Mike tomorrow morning um so I think that that will be something to pay attention to and uh, who else did you ask me about Micah oh Micah and yeah again with Micah it's just so tricky because he's got so much energy and he's so nonchalant about everything (laughs) that I'm I'm sure him being on the practice (laughs) side of or not practicing or being limited is just their way of saying like look dude like you've got to rest like we've got one more week to get to the bye week chill out like if it's bothering you we're okay. He's even said, you know, like, I won't practice all week, but I'll still get in the game type thing. So right. I think with Micah, 
I, I don't know that it warrants a microscope, so to speak. The Sam Williams thing is interesting to me. And as far as Zeke goes, Zeke kind of falls into that same line, I think, as Dak with a little less restriction. You know, Zeke is always go, 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 go. He even yeah. said yesterday, you know, like, I don't care if I'm banged up. Put me in the game. That's what I'm here for. I'm not soft. Right. And so, again, you have to teeter that balance between coaching staff, medical staff saying, right. Maybe not this week, but sure. you know, who knows? Maybe he is feeling well. I will say he did look a lot better when he walked out to the field. There was not a, a limp. There was no sort of noticeable handicap. So that's progress. But, you know, only these guys know how they feel. Well, and so and and I think, you know, we we've given kudos to Coach McCarthy for keeping that constant conversation going when it comes to an injury. Sure. And when you're thinking, you know, in in the long term effect, here I go again, long term, take a shot every time I talk about long term. But the bye week's right after. Right. So right. even if you sit Zeke for this game, uh, most of the locker room questions today to even CD and, and Dak and even Zach Martin were, hey, if Tony Pollard needs to take more of a workload, can he handle that? All of them said yes, confidently, sure. as they should. Because what did he say? yesterday if something about the hall if it's the call oh I'll take yeah, the yeah. Hall or <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's great no and and i think you know again tony pollard is a player that you're talking about oh what what about zeke what about zeke i understand i understand why zeke and tony are that one-two punch like jane likes to say all the time i get it but also you have a locker room full of guys ready to step up. Tony Pollard is no different, ready to step up when he needs to. He's ready to have his number called and and really take more of that workload. Of course, we know the difference between him and Zeke in the run game, but also it is it is a better position to be in right now than later on. If you play Zeke this week, he's not fully ready, not 100%. You have to think of the long-term effect of a lingering injury. Sure. And I think that's kind of you know where, where you teeter. Is it worth it? I'm personally okay with having Zeke sit this weekend yep. um, for Sunday's game because I think – it's it's better to rest him now and, and with the bye week right now you get two full weeks of rest you don't even just get one so sit him allow him to rest but I know Zeke is the kind of player that's like no I'm gonna play I'm gonna play but again that's why I really appreciate Mike McCarthy's uh culture here and and you know, having that constant conversation to be like, all right, maybe not. So, all right, well, we are going to break down who is going to play this weekend and what that might look up at least matchup wise. Go ahead and stay with us. We're going to go ahead and take our first break. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. <sighs> know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With Blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. 
Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was loving the dance moves. <laughs> Welcome back to the second segment of your favorite dance party and our favorite show, Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, Jigsaw Dating. All right. Well, we have a read, and then we're going to go to past interference. So first, let's talk about how to get the Ultimate Cowboy Fan Experience for the Ultimate Cowboys Fan. Join the Dallas Cowboys United presented by Globe Life starting at just $20. Join now and get your fan pack, exclusive benefits, and more. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash United for more details and to join today. And then now, Jazzy, hit it. <laughs> it's time for past interference. Oh, I love it. All right. That's like, I just, almost like a, like a little lullaby or something. I love I it. I also say I just recognized right in this moment that you were calling it past interference yeah, yeah, and yeah. not past interference. Isn't yeah. that good? No, I get it. Because She's a wordsmith. History. Yeah, that is good. so clever. Shout out to my mom. That was my <laughs> mom's <laughs> idea. That. Deron Bland is anything but bland. Girl, I love me a good like past a good pun. <laughs> I, I'm such a sucker for all of that. But speaking of sucker, Jonas Brothers. Anyway. Hey, okay. Past interference time. Your Dallas Cowboys are 15 and 12 in the regular season and playoff games versus the Bears all time. Within those 27 meetings, the Cowboys have an average of 2.5 touchdowns a game. However, the Cowboys' highest scoring game against the Bears was actually on December 4th, 2014, where the score was 41 to 28. Wow. So I would love to see the Cowboys offense come out with 41 points during this game. <laughs> 42. We'll say 42 for good measure. Let's but go ahead and manifest there you go. that uh-huh. right now. Thank you, Jazzy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk about the Cowboys offense here more momentarily, but I do want to dive into this Bears offense first because, I mean, listen, they have been struggling. I feel like I, I have some thoughts about Ohio State quarterbacks in the league and how well they do or well they don't do, which is really sad (laughs) because like half my family went to Ohio State, so I feel like I can actually speak on the topic. But Justin Fields, let's just face it, he struggled. And some of it could be his own doing and some of it could be the fact that he doesn't have guys around him. So, you know, I look at their head coach, Matt Eberflus. He was a linebackers coordinator and coach here in Dallas for a minute. Um, Love him. Big fan of him personally. Obviously, again, very defensive-minded. So you you can... You could probably look at that as to one of the reasons why they haven't led with an offense-first mentality, and it has been, again, largely maybe on the other side of the ball. I do think that this team, and it's been reported, they have looked towards Lamar Jackson and the Ravens Mm -hmm. and kind of, dare I say, stolen their strategy a little bit, if you will, made fields more of a mobile quarterback, leaned into that aspect of him. And again, like he's one of your leading rushers. This past week, they went ahead and 
beat the Patriots, which while Tom Brady isn't there anymore, I'm never going to scoff at beating a coach like Belichick, sure. right? Like he, you just know he over prepares for everything. So I guess for me, you know, I look at this as the strength against strength. It's going to be an interesting matchup in terms of their run game versus this Cowboys defense. They reinforce the interior with that defensive tackle. Micah Parsons probably will have the opportunity now to be, keep his hand off of the ground, which I think is always a positive thing. But, you know, Haley, in pre- preparation for this week, like what is the mindset of Dan Quinn and this defense as they look at – uh, dare I say, I don't want to say dynamic, but it is an evolving offense that they are having to game plan and scheme against that doesn't really necessarily have an identity, but they have figured out that, hey, this part of our offense, the run game specifically, is working for us. Well, go back to the Eagles game. I think that the Eagles game is a perfect blueprint for what this is going to look like to a degree. Now, I, the Bears are polishing Right. One win over a quality opponent, I don't think equates six wins for the Eagles. Right. But at the same time, it's it's good for the Cowboys because they have that experience playing against the RPO like we talked about earlier. It's no secret that the if there is a weakness to the defense, it's the run game going against. So um, I think when you bring in a guy like Hankins, that's really what you bring him in for. You bring that experience in. It gives an opportunity to have a a better rotation. A lot of the things that guys always say is fresh legs is always better than tired legs. So you add that into the mix. But I really just think this is another opportunity for the Cowboys defense to be challenged and then hopefully overcome that challenge. This team has really thrived this year. Again, keying in on that word resiliency. And for a while, it was the underdog mentality. I think that got annoying for them after a while. But just keying in on that (laughs) underdog mentality and and going in and, and knowing that they're better. And they talk about that in the locker room. They know, you know, to you have to put respect on their name. Demarcus Lawrence even did it in their previous or in his locker room interview the week of the Eagles, whenever everyone was asking him, you know, what is the threat of Jalen Hurts? Like, yeah. what has he done this year to to be aggressive? And Tank said, No, 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 no. What have we done for teams to prepare for us on defense? I think it's that same mentality going into this one. Sure, Justin Fields is a threat. They're looking at Justin Fields as a ball carrier, not not that they're not looking at him at the quarterback position, but Mike McCarthy told us earlier he He's a ball carrier, and that's how they're preparing for him is as a ball carrier. Um, He's been sacked 27 times this season, so that bodes well for a defense that has the most sacks in the league. This defensive unit is like salivating at that stat line. Exactly. So I think there's an opportunity for some guys to really step up, guys like Micah to – light up the stat sheet we've been he's been quietly doing well but from a stats perspective it hasn't been screaming the way it was at the very beginning so I think you're going to hopefully see some some guys really polish it up because they've got nothing to lose right the bye week comes on Sunday give it your all and then you've got a week to rest and so I actually got this stat from Mike Pollan a fellow BTVer of mine he tweeted this out earlier he said the Bears have scored 10 points per game in the red zone this season that's the third worst the Cowboys have allowed 7.6 points per game in the red zone this season, the best in the NFL. So Hmm. interesting stat there. But what I did want to mention about the Bears specifically is last week they had a great run game. I mean, I'm looking at the stats here from, uh, I, sh- I say last week, I mean Monday. Oh my yeah, goodness, hello. I know. It's always so hard. Hello. You're like, oh wait, <laughs> that was three days <laughs> Those ago. Those Monday night games really <laughs> throw you off. But um, you look at their game against the Patriots, they had a total of 243 rushing yards. And, you know, not it's, bad. It's, that's not bad at all because you're looking <laughs> at who did that? Uh, <laughs> Justin Fields. And then during their press conference this week, they talked about riding the hot hand with two running backs. So they're trying to establish that 
that one-two punch themselves with their running backs. Yep. Uh, both David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, who both had 62 rushing yards there, averaging Montgomery averaging 4.1 yards per carry, uh, and then Herbert averaging 5.2 yards a carry. So you look at that. That that's a big threat, especially when you're talking about the Cowboys' defense and and um, you know them not being the most efficient when it comes to the, the run stop, right? Yep. But but. The, again, you add, you talk about adding the depth, adding all of that. I, I think what was interesting is uh, Justin Fields was asked about, um, you know, the Cowboys defense in general. And he kind of was asked, hey, you know, what did you notice how the Eagles helped slow down Micah? Specifically talking about Micah Parsons. And he really went in there to say, you know, like, Micah's still a threat. Don't think he's not. He didn't really answer. I, I think, uh, you know, for Does anyone have reasons. an answer, though? Like, that's kind of silly. <laughs> but but he did talk about, you know, Micah's quickness is a threat and, and is able to to go into the, the pass rush there as a threat. But um, I think what's interesting going into this game is – I don't necessarily think it can be a trap game. I just think it's one of those games that is the perfect setup to see, first of all, how the Cowboys defense have has improved since the Eagles game, and two, how the Cowboys offense is starting to gel more with Dak. I think this is the perfect game for that. Well, I want to give the Cowboys defense a little bit more credit too, because I mean, listen, like the Eagles are no joke. <laughs> so I'm, you know, I think it's to be expected that they presented a pretty significant challenge for this team. Like it's it is what it is. Like sometimes that just happens in this game of football, right? Mm-hmm. But I do want to actually ask you all a question because I do think the Justin Fields factor, I'm going to go ahead and call it that. That's kind of funny. Yeah, it is. It's, Love that. it's not necessarily a factor, but like it could be. It was last game, right? Where he is, like you said, operating more as a ball carrier. But I feel like there's two different schools of thought when it comes to quarterbacks being mobile and rushing, right? When yeah. you have, you talk about like the life cycle of a quarterback. And I feel like a lot of them come in and they they have a bit of like a ramp up period, right? Where it's like maybe guys like Aaron Rodgers have the chance to you know learn behind a Brett Favre or and then take over eventually. Same thing, like Dak had a chance to do that. And, and I look at when they first get on the field, there are people that are saying, oh, well, when Dak first started for us, he's very Russell Wilson-esque. You know, he can run the ball a little bit, blah, 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 blah. But now, as he's matured in his career, it's less and less encouraged for him to be running the ball. And it's like, hey, listen, like, you need to be running the offense from inside the pocket. Stop putting your body out there. We've seen what's happened when you do potentially put yourself on the line. And we need you more than that. Not even just the threat of losing him, but I think there is, like, this mentality of once you hit a certain point in your career as a quarterback – that you shouldn't be running the ball as much and you should instead be really truly driving the bus so that all the other players on your team can. So do you guys feel like you look at the quarterbacks when they rush as a positive thing? Or are you feeling like, I mean, listen, like it, it they need to kind of do their job and that's not necessarily it? I think it's a little bit of both, right? Because when you are a mobile quarterback, your sustainability might not be for as long. So that's always a concern. But at the same time, if you're a mobile quarterback, that just adds to the tools in your toolbox. So if your ability to sit in the pocket, roll to your right, you're scanning, you see there's nothing going on. I mean, that's what makes Justin Fields so tough, right? Is he's his passing is getting better. It's improving every week. But what makes him scary is that it'll I think against the Patriots, there was three times where I looked up and it was like third and twenty-two. And he you know, the rush is coming, he scrambles, he's out of the pocket, he's scanning, no one's there. 
And then he just takes off running, and he's not afraid to take a hit. I think Jalen Hurts is very similar to that. Yeah. Daniel Jones is very similar to that. They're not afraid to put their bodies on the line. So from a now standpoint, absolutely. I think you want your quarterback to be able to at least consider making those risky moves. Now, if it's hurting you, there was an instance against the Steelers last week, or I guess on Sunday Night Football, where Tua, who has been in the spotlight for concussions this season – takes off running, lowers his shoulder before being tackled. And so obviously, like, those are situations where, sure, I don't want my quarterback doing that. But if your quarterback is extending drives, is keeping your offense alive and keeping the defense off the field to rest, sure, I want them to move. Now, again, long term, it's it's not going to bode very well. It's really difficult. I mean, when you think about even running backs and how difficult it is to keep running backs in the league for as long as they have in the past. Uh, It's a double-edged sword, but that's just my thoughts. Yeah, and I think it's more than just – there's so much more to it than just the quarterback deciding to run, right? Like, you have to think of the team as a whole, the offense as a whole. You have to think about how is the O-line holding up? Is the O-line able to help the quarterback do that? Are your receivers open? But more more importantly, is the scheme working? Because if that scheme is not working for an offense, you're not going to have a mobile quarterback. So I think it's a bit of layers uh, when it comes to having a, a more mobile quarterback. I think in terms of Dak, would I like to see him run more? Of course, but also, do I remember how the ankle injury happened? Yeah, I do, mm-hmm. and and that I think you know always scares me a little bit more. With with uh, I don't want to call it a vulnerability with Dak because obviously he's he's overcome that and and we've seen that. But also, it makes me a little nervous. You know, anytime a player has a former injury, it makes me a little nervous watching it personally. I'm not a medical professional. I, I fully have trust in, in the medical you know department with the Cowboys and these surgeons, like obviously. But I, I think just around the NFL in general, when a player has had a previous injury, it's always something that you keep an eye on. So Dak was asked today about it. Hey, people wanted to see you move a little bit more. And he's like, well, if, if I have to, I'm, I'm going to, right? But I, I don't think that's the scheme necessarily of this offense as a whole. I think it's more relying on the one-two punch from Tony Pollard and, and Ezekiel Elliott. And, you know, maybe this week we get to see what it's like a little bit a little bit less without the one-two punch, and you sure. get to see more of that. Um, hi, Tank. Oh, hi, Tank. <laughs> I do think it is interesting, though, when you talk about that one-two punch because, you know, it used to be the mentality of this league where you had a bell cow. You know, when Zeke first came in for us, like it was Zeke's your guy. And I think the Cowboys were earlier on the train of transitioning over to this dynamic backfield where you not only have two different options, but you have different styles. And, you know, I look at the Bears and you mentioned earlier that to me is pretty concerning because, you know, not only are they producing a decent chunk of yards, but they're also productive each time they touch the ball. And, you know, I I give a lot of kudos to what we've been able to do in the run game, but even looking at the Bears' stats, like they're averaging more yards per carry each time they touch the ball. Mm -hmm. So to me, you know, I think it was imperative that this defense really honed it on trying to at least, uh, I'll call it stop the bleeding when it comes to defending the run game with that, with that, you know, move in, in terms of bringing in the defensive tackle more so than I would call it actually like, putting us in a position where that's not going to be a problem for us anymore. So, um, all right, guys. Well, I do want to break down the other side of the ball here. So we're going to go ahead and take our final break. We're going to break down the Bears defense in the Cowboys offense. We're also going to talk a little special teams. Kelsey might get a little triggered, but we're going to do it. So uh, go ahead and stay with us. We'll be right back.
At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. It's Smoothie King's original Angel Food and New Angel Food Slim without added sugar. You no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups, so you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day. Welcome back to the final segment of Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented to you by the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, Jigsaw Dating. Take it away. Woo! All right. Well, we're going to talk Ed Sheeran, which is Taylor Swift's best friend, one I of them at least. I love so that for us. I'm all about that. Uh, Multi-Grammy award-winning global superstar Ed Sheeran comes to AT&T Stadium on Saturday, May 6th to kick off his 2023 mathematics tour. <laughs> Sheeran will be accompanied by special guest Khalid. Shout out to Khalid. Definitely love that. And Dylan, get your tickets today at SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing provider of AT&T Stadium. Fun fact, Khalid's mom is one of the nicest people I think I've ever met and talked to. Are you just casually friends with her? No, no. So when I used to work, I was like, that was a flex. I'm out. When I used to work in El Paso, he has the great Khalid Foundation, which does a lot of charity work uh, across the El Paso area. And she's one of the the incredible people that spearheads all of that. I love that. So working in local news, you know, you you do all these stories on online. On, on all of those charity work things and um she's just the sweetest person um she's so sweet so right. Khalid's mom, we love that we love you all right so let's go and dive into Bears defense versus Cowboys offense we were talking a little offline here Haley I'm gonna actually just go ahead and let you take the mic on that because you had a couple interesting points when looking at you know at least just breakdowns in terms of stat wise where some opportunities may lie for this Cowboys offense to exploit what this Bears defense is bringing to the table sure so from an overall defensive standpoint make sure I'm reading the right numbers here they're ranked 12th in the league they allow about an average of 330 yards per game just total yardage Uh, and it's very interesting too these defenses look very similar between the Cowboys and the um, I almost said the Cowboys and the Cowboys the Cowboys and the Bears uh, where their passing defense very good run defense could use a little work the Bears run defense is tied for 29th in the league but their passing offense third Cowboys are right behind them and fourth. So it's interesting that we spoke about at the top of the show um, where those opportunities could lie. Do you sit Zeke? Do you play him? Whatever it is, is this a Tony Pollard game? And I think that this really bodes well uh, for a Tony Pollard, I don't want to say breakout game, because I don't think he has to earn a a breakout. He's already had that this season alone. But 
it gives you an opportunity to really ex exploit that, right? If we're not going to have Zeke available, well, sure, let's let's do the TP plan. Let's have him in. Let's get him creative. Let's use him on the ground. Like he talked about being dynamic, not just making runs on the outside, but going through the middle the way we've seen Zeke do in um, in his run. So good opportunity for him to stand out. I think also some of the other running backs in the room that can be elevated, Malik Davis, guys like that who um, mm. haven't quite seen their opportunities yet, but this yeah. could be a good chance for them. Again, this is all contingent upon if Zeke doesn't play, which, by the way, um, a stat I read earlier, Zeke has only missed one game in his whole entire career yep. so if he misses on sunday it'll be just the second so Aww, something that is yeah wild. something interesting to pay attention to within there. seven years that yeah. is One insane that's what you're running very, back to that's pretty resilient yeah, i'll be honest that's very jason witten-esque <laughs> you know <laughs> when you think of a, a guy that just never missed a game come yeah. an opportunity that's the first person i think of but we've talked about this zeke's grit zeke's determination to be on that field is is absolutely insane but well can i uh, ask you just about the fact that i know you guys you know watched last week's game and, and I think had a couple moments where there was maybe a little bit of rust that had to be knocked mm. off. And I think me personally, I felt like this is a good time frame. And again, God bless you, Cooper Rush, for giving this team the flexibility to allow Dak to come back when he did because this is a good couple of games bookended with the bye yeah. for him to be able to just ease into it. So do you feel like this is the game for him where he does has have this opportunity and it is going to be where he's like, okay, yeah, I have my legs underneath me. Like I got my guys back. Even if Zeke isn't going to be, you know, full go, or if he doesn't even play at all, like this is where he makes that transition back into like being his full self again. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think really you saw the best of Dak towards the end of the game. I, I talk about the ninth drive of the lions game. It being Dak's best you know, drive of the game. I think you started to see that rust really shake off that second half. I think this is the game that you're going to see uh, maybe a more pass-heavy Dak than, than last week, especially if, you know, Zeke is out. You, you definitely could see that. But I think the rust is off. I don't think that's a question anymore. I think the word rust is going to slowly fade out after this game. Um, you know, and, and I think Dak knows, you know, he was a little too ahead of himself <laughs> at, at points and he was uh, being a little risky, but he's like, hey, I, I saw the opportunity. Like, that's, that's what it is, you know? So I think... Dak and, and Rust shouldn't even be in the same sentence anymore. I think if anybody's coming back with with a punch, it's Dak, and I think he already did that. I think this first game with the Lions, sure, getting your feet back on the ground, right. I think this game, is especially with the opportunity, opportunities he has with this game, it's going to be great. But something I do want to make sure to mention, too, is um, the Bears kicker, Santos, was the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week because he actually made four field goals against the Patriots. I don't know if y'all saw it. 23 yards, 38 yards, 42 yards, and 50 yards. He has a perfect 11 field goal streak going are you asking right me now. to go ahead and like defend brett maher and be like but brett maher no, no, against no. him but like, but I, i'm just saying that this puts because, me in quite the pickle i hope you realize that jess uh, no 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 look i'm just saying that <laughs> special teams is 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 everything we talk about this all the time you can't sleep on special teams on either side of the ball here but what i'm my point making is the Cowboys defense, the goal needs to be to keep them away from even field goal uh, area. I, I don't want any field goal tries here. And you know what? If I do, I want that 11 field goal streak to be broken uh, for for this player. But um, speaking special teams got to catch up with Kevontae Turpin, my pet cat, today in the locker room. Love of it. course, asked him, hey, what's up with these backflips? And, and he talked to the media about that yesterday. Just so you know, Cowboys Nation, if – 
the Cowboys hit victory formation, he's going to add a backflip every single time. So <laughs> if they hit victory formation, Listen, you know, during Sunday's game, you'll see two backflips. I, I love to see that. I'm also like kind of a little um, nervous about I don't want any injuries because right. we're being fun. Right. Um, you know what I mean? Like at training camp, I was always like, get off those little scooter things, guys. Like I did oh, not like to see that. So risk adverse over here. But, but it was interesting, too, because he talked about how he had a background in gymnastics, yep. which I think that's where you see a lot of the quickness and the strength coming in because former gymnast, like former cheerleader, muscles. yeah, you, you yeah. have a different kind of body skill set when it comes to being fast and, and having those movements. I, I think it it kind of clicked in my brain. I was like, it makes sense. He has a gymnastics <laughs> it background. All up. It all makes sense. I, I do think just in general, like this Cowboys offense really does need to, you know, show up and, and really exercise all the options they have. You need TP at his best. You need these tight ends to be tight ending. Just kidding. But like, seriously, I, I really do think that this Cowboys offense, they have been good. I think they need to really level up a little bit. And I think bringing back deck in the mix gives them less of an excuse to not be operating at, you know, a certain level. And I think this is a perfect game to really truly try to dive in and, and get their legs underneath them. Again, defense is going to be massively important. Blocking that run game is going to be huge. So uh, I don't know if I'd call it a trap game. I think this league, you know, you can regress to the mean and and you have teams that'll be incredible and, and beat the Patriots like they just did, but then they can turn around and have an awful game the next week. So I think you can kind of, kind of go either way. Like you said, Tank, you know, takes every single game seriously, and I think that's going to be the key for them. So um, guys, that is all we have time for today. We really do appreciate you joining us. For Haley Sutton, Jess Navarez, we got Jazzy on the board in the back. We got to make sure we talk about her, too, and our incredible production team. This has been another episode of Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating. We'll see you guys next week. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!